Hi everyone, just want to say a massive thank you for choosing to listen to my little show called Spill It. Spill It is filmed live every Wednesday at 7pm via Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. Viewers can interact with the show by leaving comments. For more details of Spill It, head over to the Facebook hub at www.facebook.com forward slash spilling it. So however you're listening to this, make sure you sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Good evening, welcome to Spill It. My name is Marcus and I am your host for the evening. And have we got an episode for you? Oh my gosh, I can't wait to get into it. But there are things that we have to discuss first. So, uh, welcome to Spill It. For those who don't know what Spill It is, Spill It is a talk show, a completely live and interactive talk show that you get to interact with and leave your comments um, and questions and all of that all the way through. We get to pop them up on the screen. We get to discuss them. And this is a show where we get to talk to people from all different walks of life who want to come onto the show and talk about literally whatever they want to talk about. It could be something to do with mental health. It could be LGBTQ plus community. It could be that they want to talk about their favorite film, TV show, or their hobby. Whatever it is, it is a show and a platform and a safe space where people can come on and talk about whatever they want to talk about. It's as simple as that. There are three different core values, though, that I like to call Spillet's Pillars. And they are as follows. Connect, inspire, and learn. We want to connect the world together. We want to inspire each other. And above all, we want to learn. That is it, pretty much. So there you go. If you have a comment that wants to come through, all you have to do is drop a comment. And it's as simple as that. Because then I can do things like this, where Scott has commented and said, I have to use my work account. Uh, Fair enough, Scott. I know exactly why. But that's fine. Thanks for joining, Scott. And he's asking, how is everyone? So, guys, if you have a comment, then please, please put it through. Lynn's sat there very, very excited. Put the comments through, guys. I can pop them up, and then we can discuss it. And better yet, our special guests can see your comment and interact with it as well. Oh, special guests, special guests. I cannot wait to get into it. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, it is our final one, because big news coming, but it's our final one. Let's discuss the weather. That's right, it's weather time That with me, Marcus, your weather girl, your weather host, whatever it is. It is the weather time. What is the weather like where you're watching from? All you have to do is drop me a comment and let me know exactly where you're watching from and what the weather's like. Outside, it's dark. That's all I can say. And I'm pretty sure it's dark everywhere else in the UK as well. But I am here in Preston, in Lancashire, and it is dark. It's a little bit wet, but it is dark. It's very dark. That is what the weather's like for me. What is the weather like where you are? All you have to do is drop a comment and let me know where you're watching from and what the weather is like too. So today, today is episode 17. We are 17 episodes in. That's not that many, but we are going bigger and bigger and bigger. And I can't wait to share the exciting journey of Spill It and what's to come as well. But this is episode 17, Be Legendary You. And all those people who are tuning in obviously want to know the special guest and what time he's coming on. Well, Nathan joins us at 7.15 p.m. So at quarter past seven, Nathan will be taking the hot seat and we'll be talking about everything to do with his coming out story. Twice he's coming out story. Because on Sunday we had... Nash, uh, we had World uh, Coming Out Day. It was National Coming Out Day on Sunday, and you may have seen those people who follow my social media on Facebook and uh, obviously the, the Spill It platform as well. We, I, I did lots and lots of different posts about coming out, 
And there was some of them that was like, you know, you should feel uh, you should feel safe to come out. You should be in a situation where you can come out um, and we should all be offering our support and things like that. And there was a few posts like that flying around. And then somebody messaged me and they said, that, what about those people who feel like they can't come out because they are in a situation where, you know, and we're celebrating this date saying, oh, yeah, everybody should be coming out on this day and whatever. And obviously it's not a, a singular day that people need to come out. And it got me thinking. And I thought, well, actually, maybe we should use this day not just for coming out, but just feeling like you are accepting yourself. And I think that is the most important thing. And that is going to be the message that Nathan will be talking about today. So we'll be talking about his coming out journey, uh, his coming out story, but then also we'll be talking about mental health issues. We'll be talking to you guys as well and seeing how you guys have been coping during 2020, etc. But then also having this uplifting thing about feeling more positive and having a better influence on yourself. And that is what we'll be discussing today. Scott, uh, Swansea weather, sunny, and I'm sure it's mid-30s. Is in 30 degrees? I don't really know. <laughs> but there you go. There you go. So, guys, please hit that share button. Let's get this far and wide. Bring everybody else into the Spill It Fold because we want more and more people to watch this. It's going to be a great message that we're going to be give, uh, sending out to people. Let's get people in. Let's get people watching. It's important, right? We've got to get this out there. Moving on to our next section, it's Agony Funko time. So this is a section, I will have like a proper promo video that goes over this bit, like just to introduce Agony Funko. Uh, it'll be up and ready, uh, running for next week, but I wanted to launch it starting next week and we're going to remove weather time and then it's going to be replaced by Agony Funko. However, this particular thing came through and I thought, do you know what? I have to go for it. I have to give them advice. So Agony Funkle is going to be a new section where you guys can get in touch with me and you can let me know your situations and I will give you the best advice that I can give you um, as best I can do, really, in this kind of a situation. It can be a made-up one. It could be something that you actually need advice with. It could be that a friend told you. Whatever it is, you can let me know and I will help you out. So here is this week's Agony Funkle message. How do I tell my boyfriend that his clothing choice is really bad? I love his unique style, but sometimes it's a bit too much for me to handle. And I don't know how I can tell him to tone it down a little. Help me spill it. Well, Anonymous, because they did sign it. They just put help, uh, help me uh, spill it. So, well, Anonymous, uh, I suppose if your boyfriend is wearing, like, out there things. I mean, you know, what's the problem with that? You know, I used to walk out the house. I used to have, uh, it was way, it was when Lady Gaga first came about, but I used to go to the clubs in Preston and I used to like put on a, a little Gaga lightning bolt there. And I thought that was absolutely epic. And you know what? There was times where I'd leave and I'd go out to a nightclub or whatnot and wear, be wearing a tutu. You know, there's all sorts of stuff that I used to do. Uh, Jay Pearson, why is my wife messaging you about my style? <laughs> there you go. Well, I, it could be you, Jay. Who knows? But just let him do whatever he wants to do. You got with him for a reason. You got with him for a reason. You liked his unique style. Jump on ASOS, Scott says. <laughs> but you liked his unique style. You obviously found something that you really liked about him and just let him, you know what? Just let him, let him fly his wings. Let him spread his wings and fly away. He wants to feel important. He wants to feel like he's center of attention and he wants to have, you know, he wants to wear his unique style. I mean, you know, if he's wanting to leave the house and he's got fairy wings on, he's got face painted on, he's got glitter coming out of his eyeballs, whatever. Let him do what he wants to do. We only live once, right? Who are we to judge other people? Let's be kind. Failing that, if it is really, really bad, you could just whack them all, all of the items of clothing in a black bag and burn them. Up to you. The choice is yours, little Miss Anonymous or Mr. Anonymous. Who am I to judge? It's up to you. Uh, the Beatles, let it be or let him be. <laughs> yes, exactly that. Exactly that. So 
Let him be. Let him be. I can't sing. Let him be. There you go. That's your, That's as much singing as you're getting from me. But that was your agony funkle question. Next, guys, we have our last one, our last section, before we welcome Nathan on the show. We are going to do our competition time. That's right, it's competition time. So this is a section where you can win Spill It merchandise. All you have to do is, this is easy, this one as well. I have got a Halloween episode coming on. And to be fair, it's going to be quite the episode. I've got a really scary episode coming on with a scary host as well. Um, And all you're going to have to do to win your Spill It merchandise, carve me a pumpkin. If you can carve me a Spill It pumpkin with this little logo here, then you, I will automatically give you some Spillet merchandise. Simple, right? But if you can carve the best-looking pumpkin, as in not like hot, as in like, you know, shampoo commercial type style pumpkin, but if you can create me uh, the, the best or the greatest-looking pumpkin, you will win some Spillet merchandise. And all you have to do to get uh, involved in that competition is email me your pumpkin, uh, photos and also if you're wanting to be involved in the agony funkle this is the one for you but all you have to do is email marcus at spillit.uk that's no co it's just marcus.spillit no marcus at spillit.uk and you will be in the draw to win and we will choose a winner on halloween night with my host sound good i love that right guys it is about that time don't forget to ask questions leave comments do it all because this is going to be a good one we are i'm so proud uh, and privileged to bring on my guest can we have plenty of claps plenty of clapping emojis plenty of love hearts all of that though. fill that comment box full of those emojis because we have nathan from geordie shaw and celebs go dating and all of that lot he's on the show right now hi nathan you're right i'm all right how are you i am good i enjoyed all of that like the introductions everything it was great (laughs) thank you i do try (laughs) um firstly thank you so much for wanting to come on the show no thank you for having me (laughs) it's absolutely amazing the comment box is going crazy already we have got lynn with loads of love heart eyes uh we've got Jay with loads of clapping there. Emmy's love hearts. Uh, Lynn, Lynn's here again with loads of uh, love hearts again. I think Lynn has uh, has taken a liking to you. <laughs> and Jay again. There you go. Love hearts and claps. There you go. And they're all coming through. They're all coming through. So guys, keep those comments rolling through all the way through. If you've got questions for Nathan, if you've got messages for him or whatever, ping them through because now is the time to ask them. Again, thank you for coming on the show. Um, so for those who don't know you, and, yeah. you know, they may have been living under a rock for half a life, who knows? But who, uh, for those people who don't know who you are, who is Nathan? Who am I? Well, I most people know me from Geordie Shore, or I was on Sebsco Dating, I've done Release the Hounds, I've done All Star Driving School. I've basically done quite a few reality TV programmes within the UK and... Now, outside as well, because I just did um, Warsaw Shore, which is in Poland. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm in wow. that. I'm always joking. I'm not really. <laughs> you are. Well, technically, you are, aren't you? <laughs> well, of course. Do you... I was like showing them all around the world. So I guess in that aspect, I can say, yeah. Do you, uh, do you ever Google yourself? Do you know what, right? I actually haven't. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. Yes, I have. <laughs> Oh, the only time I did it was, do you know when um what's that thing called? That's my Amazon, like that thing where you shout Alexa. Is it Alexa? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I got an Alexa, I did actually say because I seen it on the Kardashians. I went, Alexa, who is Nathan Henry? But it didn't actually say me. It was on about <laughs> so after that, I vowed never to Google myself again. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um. When you were talking about that as well, I think everybody's Alexas in the room started waking up, listening into you. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you've had an Alexa wake up listening to this, 
Um, let me know in the comments, please. That'd be really, really funny. Um, you know what I don't like, though, that they listen to everything. Like, yep. everything. And yeah. someone told me as well that like, it gets transcribed. So imagine, like, if you were saying something, like, I'm not saying, like, I've done this. Like, say if you were saying something that like, you shouldn't be talking about, and that was listening, it's been transcribed and it's been, like, documented. So you would have been heard. Yeah, it's like mental. That. Yeah, it's mental. And obviously, we're filling our houses with all of this. <laughs> oh, like, oh, modern technology. Uh, Emmy's a Google girl, so she didn't get the Alexa thing. So, Emmy, if you if you can right now, if you do, if you can just oh say God. to everybody, "Okay, Google, um, who is Nathan?" Nathan yeah, who is Nathan Henry? Please and tell just, me what "Okay, Google" says because I've never tried that. There you go, Emmy. That's your task for this evening. Whilst you're watching this, all you have to do is go, "Okay, Google, who is Nathan Henry?" and then let us know what uh, what what happens. That'd be awesome. Um, so. Obviously, the reason that we got you on the show was because of the fact that on Sunday was National Coming Out Day. And I know that you've done a lot of different work within the media, talking about your experiences in coming out and all of that. And I was just wondering if you would be able to share those experiences with us today. Yeah, of course. So when I came, I came out twice. Well, yeah. technically, when I think about it, I came out three times. So... Right. Wait, no, there's four times. There's four times, like, four times I had to come out. Right, so, the the first ever time that I came out, I was outed. Now, that was in a nightclub. So, basically, there was a girl who really fancied me at the time. I think I was, about 17, and I was working, like, doing club promotions, stuff like firing. Shouldn't have been in the club because I was underage, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, And then I was basically in the club. This girl came over, and she was like, right. I really like Nathan. Why won't he get with me? And I had previously told a close friend of mine that I that I, I was gay, basically. And I told her not to tell a single soul. And this girl was confiding in her. And she was like, maybe Nathan's just not into, into girls. To which this girl then ran outside in the smoking area in front of everyone from my college and was like, are you gay? And like in that moment, like, do you know when you think, I'm never going to get this opportunity to like come out again and yeah. the two it's going to be it's going to be harder because i'm going to have to command everyone's attention wherever right now i've got everyone's attention so i just went yeah like yeah so when she stormed off cried that my friend came out so i knew instantly it was her so that was the first time i came out the second time i came out was to a boy like so this was two days after this happened i had a best friend at the time who was straight and like we we had like a very a very weird friendship like we were very close in terms of like we had everything in our friendship that you would have in a relationship minus the kissing the touching the sex everything like that like we were that close and i'd been like i wouldn't i thought it was love but it wasn't love it was like lust i'd say yeah i'd been in lust with him for a very long time and i like obviously i knew everyone at college knew i was gay so i was like and he needs to find out before he finds out of someone else so i was like listen i need to sit you down i need to tell you something he was like what and I was like, I think I'm gay. And I think I'm in love with you. And he was like, right, you're not gay. You're not in love with me. He was like, I still want to be your friend. But he was really cool about it. We were friends for afterwards and everything. And I was like, nope, I'm definitely, I'm gay. And he was like, right, well, I'm going to walk you home and we'll talk about it tomorrow. I was drunk as well at this point as well. Then I got home. This is the third time I, I came out. I came home and my mom was like, what is all that noise? Why are you being so loud? And it was, I was drunk and I sat at the bottom of my bed, mom's bed and I cried. I was like, I need to tell you something. Like, please don't hate me. And she's like, what? And I was like, I'm gay. And then she was like, what do you want a fucking medal? She's like, go <laughs> And we'll talk about it in the morning. She's like, then in the morning, like, this is how me and my mom are very close. In the morning, she came downstairs. And I remember I was eating my cereal and she just walked past me and she went, you're still gay then? I went, well, you yeah. <laughs> told me when you were drunk, so I don't know. And then literally after that, we went out, did a food shop and stuff. And then we just went on a nice like, shopping trip. And then the final time I had to come out, that was on Geordie Shore. So I got a bit of stick for going in the house because obviously my close friends and people that knew me from Darlington and stuff already knew that I was gay. But when you're going into a TV programme, which is heavily like metrosexual, like about going out, tits, birds, fanny and all that stuff, 
when I was when I got asked to go on the show, I was like, I'm never gonna get in the show if I say I'm gay. Yeah. They're just gonna be like they're gonna tarnish me with one brush, and it's gonna be that stereotypical like gay role. Because back then, media and TV, I don't think they didn't portray gay people in what I would I would say is a positive like we all play that one stereotypical role. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to be that mediocre talking gay guy because I was going in the house being the only black person as well. So I was like, I don't want to be that talking black gay person. So I was like, I'm going in as bi. And then when I did my second series, I was like, I can't, I can't live like this. And I, I can't have my truth outside. And then when I come to work, I'm living a lie. So yeah. I was like, I told the producers and I sat them down. And I was like, look, I didn't get to really choose the way I came out. The, the first time so can I be like heavily involved in the way this is produced and the way like the, the way like the story comes about and they're like yeah of course it's your story I mean th this is the first time I've got to like ask the producer if I could do something so I was like yes <laughs> and we sat down and, like I told them how I wanted to do it who I wanted to tell first like the way it was going to go and they were just like yeah like you've got full, full control over the way you want to do it and they helped and guided me through it and I'm so glad I did it's so good because essentially you had that opportunity taken from you. Yeah. Um, and you've been able to construct your own coming out um, story, haven't you? Yeah. So, like, the way, obviously, oh, wait there, the page is just, my laptop is literally having some form of, there you go. Did that go <laughs> No, you were still on. <laughs> like, my laptop, like, this laptop has got, I think it's, like, reached its 10-year life. <laughs> got a mind of its own and I was like what the hell is happening there um so yeah I got to like decide how I wanted to do it and stuff and I think I'm so glad I got to choose the way it went because I didn't honestly when we filmed it I didn't think that scene was going to be anything more than what it was I just thought it's just going to be a normal thing like the rest of Jodie Thor for about two years that episode where I came out was the most watched Jodie Shaw episode ever which wow. back like in the, in the heyday you're talking like we've got like like I think like over a hundred million views and stuff like that. It was like it was crazy. So like it was the most watched Jordan Shaw's episode for a while. And not only that, like afterwards, like the amount of messages I would get on Instagram, Twitter, my personal Facebook, people stopping me in the streets, people at PAs, like anything like that, just to saying thank you so much for like for doing that and for being yourself as well the whole way through my Jordan Shaw journey. It just it made me feel like and it encouraged me to do more and be more vocal and be more gay on TV because <laughs> that representation was missing. Yeah, I was literally about to say that, that the representation of the gay community is so small within, obviously, TV series and things like that. But yeah. not only that, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said about the fact that the majority of the time you are pigeonholed into being yeah. this kind of negative, um, bitchy kind of... Um, stereotypical gay, if you will. Always the uh, best friend as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never the main uh, character, always the best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always the GBF, that's all you are. Um, so, Which obviously leads us on to two of the comments that have come through. So Emmy has uh, okay Googled your name uh, and he's come back saying, it's you, party lad Nathan. That's what yeah, Google has said. So there you go. I mean, I thought uh, it was a party lad when I'm 40 years old. Christ. <laughs> I mean, I, I would love that. If I'm still a party lad at 40 years old, I mean, I'm no longer a lad then. It's like party man, elder, whatever. Um, but there you go. Uh, and then Jay Pearson's also asked, um, which fits in quite, uh, quite nicely with obviously talking yeah. about, when you were talking about, obviously, the, uh, the talking to the producers and things like that. Um, how did you get onto the Geordie Show? So I well, I used to work at Saks, like at the reception, like doing like all the admin and stuff. And the scouting people came around. They were scouting around the whole of the northeast. So that was Darlington, Middlesbrough, Hartlepool, Sunderland, Newcastle, Gateshead, Durham. They were scouting all around there, and they came in and asked to put a poster up. And I'd I'd watched the first three series of Jory Shaw. My mum always watches Jory Shaw. Like she's always been a Jory Shaw fan. So she <laughs> all the way through, and I'd stopped watching it when I went to uni. And they came in and asked if they could put a poster up. And I was like, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a bit of a bitch. I was like, no, we don't want them posters in here. And she's like, why? Well, this is an academy for people learning to do hairdressing and you want people to go and party on TV. I was like, I will take a poster for you and I'll put it in the waiting room, but I will not be putting it up in the window. So she was like, why don't you apply? I went, absolutely not. And then she left. 
and then she messaged like someone messaged me on Facebook. Like, so you know, you've got two inboxes on Facebook. You've got like your inbox and the one that's like spam. Yeah, the other folder. Yeah. So it went in the other folder, and I was thinking, oh god, this is like a robot. It's a lie. And I thought, you know what? What I've got to lose here. So I messaged them back, and I was they were like, can we have your phone number? And I was like. You're not ringing my mobile in case, like, if this is a prank. So I was like, you can ring my mom's house phone. She rang me, and I, she was like, no, this is serious. And I was like, but why? And she, I was like, how have you found my profile? And she's like, because our job is, like, to go through, like, friends of friends. I went, but I have no friends in common in that house. And she was like, your profile just came up. And apparently, when the, they went on a night out and they were asking people in the towns and stuff, who do you think would be great for George Short? And apparently, a lot of people said my name. So Whoa. I was like... Brilliant. So my whole hometown thinks I'm a mess. So, <laughs> so I went along um, and I did the audition and like, I, I think it, it well, obviously went well. Um, and then they were just like, we want to put you in the house. And I was like, what, really? And they're like, yeah, like you're going in in a week. And then I got to the house, did my bag searches, everything. And then something went on in the house which I still don't know what it was to this day. But then they were like, you can't go in today. And I had to wait another two weeks. And then I went in. Oh, I went downhill from there. <laughs> I mean, other people will obviously say it differently. Um, so uh, Lynn has talked about, obviously, reality TV show and all that. Like, and she said, you should do The Jungle. Would you ever do The Jungle? I would love to. I wouldn't do the one that's this year because it's in Wales. I would. Yeah. So I would, I would absolutely love to do The Jungle. I don't know how I would feel about being starved because I'm greedy. And I don't know how I would feel about sleeping outside with spiders because I've just freaked out today when I went got to my house. And there was like, I think a spider's gave birth near the light because there was yes. loads of tiny spiders and I screamed and ran out. So I don't know how that would go down with me in the jungle. <laughs> I'm, sure you, I'm sure you'd be absolutely fab. Uh, going back to uh, obviously coming out and all of that lot yeah. and, and, and that type of situation, Scott has... Asked a really good uh, question here, to be fair. Um, I'm assuming you would have felt like the community uh, you're in was on your shoulders when you were coming out. Um, explain that, that, that for me, that type of feeling. So, like, I felt like, well, to be fair, it had got quite mixed reviews, actually, when I came out, because a lot of... So, but it was more people that knew me or knew of me that were saying negative things about me coming out on TV. They were like, well, you've always been gay. We already knew it was gay. It was so obvious. And like them comments, like it kind of was like, hang on, we're fighting for gay rights. We're fighting to be heard. We're fighting to be seen. Like I'm trying to do a positive thing here and you're trying to knock me down. And I was like, that, that kind of hurt. But the amount of like uplifting I got from the gay community was amazing. Like, it, it, do you know what? Because, Obviously, I'd only come out to my friends and family beforehand. I, I wasn't very aware of the gay community and how, how mm. strong and how solid it was. And then obviously being on TV, then coming out on TV, and then the, the support I got shown afterwards, I was just, it was so overwhelming that I was like, I am so proud that I did that and I'm so proud to be part of this community. And yeah. like now, whenever anyone talks about coming out and stuff, obviously I know everyone's coming out stories are different and they're not the same because no two people are the same. No. And I always like one bit of advice I always say is make sure you're ready in yourself to do that. Like, like if you can actually turn around to yourself, look yourself in the mirror, and go, do you know what? I'm gay, and you're happy and you're proud of that. Then maybe you are ready to come out, but tell someone that you trust, it's like that you feel safe as well, and only do it on your terms. That's the one thing. If I could ever take back my my first time coming out, that I would want to do it on my terms. I got literal chills then when you were talking about all that because that that for me is what I talk about what I preach all the time and you know we've talked about it on the show uh, countless times before about um, talking about the LGBTQ plus community at the moment there is obviously there is still a lot of toxicity within yeah. the community and people pigeonholing each other and things like that and I think one of the things that we need to learn and I put this out on my social medias uh, yesterday I think it was that we need to learn how to be more compassionate within yeah. the LGBTQ plus community and be able to lift people up and not put people down. Um, and then in regards to the, the whole coming out situation, one of the th one of the turning points for me or the National Coming Out Day was when somebody had messaged me and they said that what about those people who feel like they can't come out because they are not in a safe situation 
And as much as obviously we preach about the fact that we as individuals need to be able to offer that safe space for people, there are always going to be situations where people feel like they can't come out. And the National Coming Out Day isn't all about, I need to come out on this day. Yeah. And, you know, let me be, let, let, let me speak to everybody and let me come out to you or whoever. It is, as you truly said, standing in front of that mirror and being able to accept who you are and, you know, coming out to yourself, that's half of the journey, really. Yeah. The rest of it I, just follows after that. Like, I completely agree with everything you just said there as well. And, like, obviously there is people that aren't in safe environments that can come out. And for those people as well, I would just say live your truth in your... If, if you can't be yourself out proud, be your truth inside. Like, never let anyone dim your shine. Like, no, don't let anyone take that away from you. Like, just own your queerness, own your gayness. And if you can't tell someone, like, just feel comfortable being you like that's the only thing i could say like obviously you can't change some people and there's some people that are never going to change their ways and obviously you can't change the environment for the people but it's just i just think now in this world that we're living in like after this year which has been the worst yeah it's like how can we have hatred how can we have like any form of like negativity in our hearts like just learn to love one another like yeah the I think, world ends soon, and you don't want to be ending on like a negative <laughs> high. I want to end on a positive. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, this this nicely moves on to uh, the next thing that we were going to talk about about mental health because yeah. you know let let's face it. So I put uh, again, I put a post up uh, yesterday about the within the LGBTQ plus community, forty to sixty percent of um, people who identify as as gay are currently going through depression. Yeah. And if you are young and you are gay, you are more than twice as likely to commit suicide. The suicide rate is highest in young gay people because they are feeling like they cannot be, like they can't live their truth. Yeah. Um, they, can't, they don't have that safe environment. Um, now, last year you did a, a lot of work within the mental health uh, world, didn't you? Do you want to uh, share, share about that? So I did a few things with MTV for Mental Health Awareness Week. We did, we, me and the boys, we did a chat, like a panel where it was like, because a lot of people don't talk about mental health amongst men. So we were just like, we chat, kind of this like panel of just talking about all the things that we find insecure about ourselves and letting people know that it's okay not to not be okay and it's okay to cry. I cry all the time. I'm an emotional person and I will never hide my emotions because I, I think with emotions comes strength. And yes. I do think... I think it's, it's in, encouraging people to talk. Like for me, for example, the barbers, that's always a place where I I do talk. And I, I like I always say to my barber as well to encourage him to get his clients to talk because it just helps. And then that, that person's going away from the haircut with a better mental clarity and a better headspace. Um, I know I've gone off topic there, sorry. They've, also, they, they, they've go also got a, they've also got a new hair, which means that it's yeah, like exactly. a new... They, they got, they got, they got, like a full yeah. Um, I They've also got did some work new with, mindset, new hair, everything. <laughs> I did some work with Ditch the Label as well, which is like that they deal with mental health, depression, and they also deal with anti-bullying. Um, me and Holly did a panel um, for them and just talking and basically like giving out advice and basically promoting their hotlines to encourage people to talk because it is, it's important. Like harboring onto things is what builds things up. And I just find... Talking or just finding someone that you can relate to, it really do, a, a, like a, that's saying a problem shared is a problem halved, and I really yeah. do, I do believe that. There's um there's something that I always say to people, and uh, to be fair, it's a song that came out, it's a lyric in the song, and I I, I really do believe in it. Um, and it's leave a light on. So you know, metaphorically speaking, if you are in a really really dark place you should always be able to look out for those lights, those people yeah. who will be there no matter where you are um, in your life at whatever point. And if they are reaching out to you, you imagine that to be a beacon of light, if you will. And if you are in a really dark point in your life, you need to reach out to those lights, if you will. Um, and, and, and yeah, you're completely right. You need to find somebody uh, to speak to. They need to be your anchor, if you will, before you start sailing out through the, the darkness, you need to find that one person that you can be open and honest with and just be like, I need help. And we've talked about it many times on this show. Um, Scott's asked a question here, which links very, very well with mental health. Um, how did you mentally find lockdown? Do you know, I was 
quite fortunate in the fact that I was quarantining with my mum and my brother because although they were working full-time because they were both um, key workers during the time, it wasn't like we were locked in the house together because they would go out to work during the day and then they would come back. So I would have that space myself so we weren't all on top of each other. But then when they got home, I had people to talk to, talk about their days and their works. I also I used that hour that we were meant to go out. I used that to take the dogs out and go on walks every every different day. Didn't take my phone, didn't take headphones, just me, the dogs, and we'd find a path and walk. And it just mentally, because obviously when you're walking as well, it's a form of exercise, endorphins are released, so you are feeling better about yourself. But because I had no in tune with social media and I wasn't checking on what people were doing and I had no idea where I was going, it it made me more aware of my surroundings. And I would, I'd go down streets or like to parks or like fields that are literally five minutes from my house and I'd never seen them before. They were so pretty. And it's like, it just, it was almost like taking myself to a mental spa. These That's how I would describe these walks. It was just getting out the house and just reminding myself that we are surrounded by such beautiful things. Even if I am cooped up in the four walls of my house, that is not the be all and end all of this lockdown. I know it did go on for a lot longer than planned and it did eventually start to wear off, obviously, without having the gyms and stuff like that. I did, I'm not going to lie, at the beginning of lockdown, I thought working out at home was going to be great for my mental health. Mm -hmm. Nope, it was not because I got frustrated and I couldn't do anything with it. So that's why I took the walking. But I'm so glad I did because that really, really did help. So um, obviously we've got uh, the potential, obviously they've, they've been talking about it today um about potentially doing another lockdown um towards the end of october um another two-week lockdown yes <laughs> sorry to break it to you uh, so that's on the cards uh, as as a potential might not happen but as a potential so what what kind of advice would you give to people um if for instance we do go into lockdown to help protect their mental health if it is just for two weeks, then I would literally just sit there and think, this is two weeks. We have done, what, we are at October now, we've done, I can't count that fast, but we've done at least six months of the year. Yeah. Doing this, two more weeks is not going, sorry, my dog has just come in and starts to do full circles on the little... <laughs> um, I'm like six months of this, so two weeks isn't going to harm. And I also think as well, back to, do you know the beginning of lockdown when we were in lockdown for two, two weeks? Yeah. And the world healed itself, like, which was just crazy. It was like the world, like Venice, like the water was clear, stuff like that. The planet healed. And I think it's important that I actually thought as well, like someone else, me, I think my friend might talk about this. If uh, Annually, if there was a two-week lockdown thing for everywhere across the world, and like just not in remembrance, but like obviously in remembrance of everyone who's lost their life and just appreciation of the earth, I would do that. But... In terms of mentally, I just think it's two weeks. Choose someone to quarantine or like isolate with that you know you can get along with and that you can cope with. And just meditate, do mindfulness exercises, walk, even like just paint, pick up a craft, a hobby. Just find something to keep yourself occupied because that really will take your mind off things. Definitely. Um, and... We we rewind slightly to just talking about mental health. Yeah. Um, obviously, you touched on before about finding somebody. Uh, so finding somebody that you can talk to. Obviously, you've got your, your barber who you can yeah. go and talk to about uh, and, and things like that. Um, <laughs> um, what advice would you give to somebody who is struggling? Um, just not not necessarily due, due to lockdown, but might just be struggling with their mental health or even struggling with bullying. Because bullying happens at all ages. It doesn't just happen in school. And a lot of people make the misconception. I've got a lot to say about bullying. I don't even know if you've got time for all this. But <laughs> nine times out of ten, in fact, this is very accurate. Those who bully have either been bullied themselves, they're getting bullied at home, or they're being bullied. So if you are being bullied, my advice would be find compassion and empathy for your bully because they're – I'm not condoning them bullying by any means, but they will be doing, they're acting that way because they're hurting for some reason because someone has hurt them. And if you are being bullied, if you can rise above that and just look at them and be like, I do feel sorry for you. Even if you said it to them, like, I feel sorry for you. Like you are hurt. And that is why you are the way. You will have more of an understanding. You will get a better, you will, you're taking the higher road. And I also, I think that will heal you as well. 
But if the bullying is extreme, I do actually 100% never, ever keep it up to yourself. Tell your parents, tell an older sibling, tell a teacher, tell if it's in a workplace, tell your manager, HR, someone always, always speak out about these things because that type of behaviour is not acceptable by any means standard. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Scott's uh, put a comment here as well. I've heard that bullying didn't stop the children during lockdown. I've heard kids were bullied the entire time. Really? Do you know why? Uh, this, probably, do you know what this would have been linked to? Social media. Social media. Social media is a blessing and it's a curse at the same time because obviously the older generation, like myself, we use social media to promote stuff, to be nosy and like stuff like that. Whereas kids, they are basically having Instagram at the age of 13. I think at the age of 13, I didn't even have a house computer, so I didn't know what the internet was. And like they're exposed to all this material so 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 early on. And then they want to aspire to be like people doing all this. And then that's where the bullying comes in. And I think the only way that can be monitored is if parents are monitoring what their children are using social media for and the yeah. internet for. Yeah. And then Luke, uh, in response to what you were saying earlier about the bullying and how to react to it, uh, kill them with kindness. Exactly. And yeah, it's exactly that. Uh, and then if we rewind uh, just a little bit more as well with regards to um, what this what this episode is all about, which is LGBTQ+, yeah. and obviously coming out and all of that lot. Obviously, we've talked heavily about the advice that you would give people, like, you know, own it and, and wear it and things like that. Um, what advice would you give to someone who... So we're gonna we're gonna take ourselves as being part of the LGBTQ plus community, yeah. like, and we're gonna look at it from the outside looking in. What advice yeah. would you give to people who aren't part of the LGBTQ plus community who identify as straight or or whatever? Um, what advice would you give to them to try and offer a safe space for people, um, their friends, their family, whoever, um, struggling to come to terms with their sexual identity? I think if, so say if I was straight and I knew someone who was wanting to come up with who was struggling. Yeah. I think if you if you can see the signs and you know, like, for example, my mum, she's straight and she knew that I was going to come out to her. It's like creating that that space where it's like, you know, you make that person feel so comfortable that they can tell you anything. Like you make them feel warm. You make them feel that like no matter what happens, nothing is going to change. Even just reassurance and stuff like that. And just being, even if they don't say anything, just being in their company, being in their presence and being there for them, even without saying a word, I, that speaks volumes itself. And I think that, that I would love that if everyone could have that, but obviously not everyone can. And I just think, also, like, if in schools, straight like, straight friends, if you have, if you know someone's in your class and they're they, they could be gay and they're struggling to come to terms with it, or they don't feel comfortable coming out, if you hear someone being negative about the LGBT plus community, shut them down. Tell them to shut up. Be a, be an ally. Don't stand for that behaviour. Squash it because then that shows the other person that like, God, I've got support in this room, and I think that's more important than anything. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and you hit the nail on the head there with shut it down and be yeah. an ally. You have to show that for, for those people who identify as straight or even if you don't and, you know, you want people to feel comfortable around you to be able to come out to you or whatever, you need to you need to be an ally. And the only way to be an ally is to shut things down, is to challenge people and is to question people's mentality because that then opens the question. It makes people feel uncomfortable. And I'm a, I'm a, I, I truly believe that if you are making somebody feel uncomfortable about a conversation, it means that you are doing the right thing. You yeah. are doing the job. You I need agree. to make people, yeah, you need to make people feel uncomfortable because then they start questioning stuff. And if you question them and they start feeling uncomfortable, then suddenly they're learning, actually, I might be wrong here. Yeah. And then that's where the learning comes into play. But then these people who are witnessing this may then go, this is the person that I can be safe with and yeah. I can come out to that person. And it's just about that. Um, a few comments have come through, uh, so let's go through them. We have Jay. Uh, can I ask how you deal with social media abuse if you do get it? I fell victim to it recently in a big way, and it really affected me. I think in terms of social media, I what's quite sad is that because of my job and stuff, if I do talk about like abuse online and stuff, I got instantly get messages saying, you put yourself on TV, you chose that. I didn't. Mm. I chose to go on TV to have fun to get drunk for free and travel the world. <laughs> I didn't do abuse online or trolls. 
way I deal with it though is because the way I've been raised by my mum is I've, I've got a very thick skin. So this ties into like the, my motto, what I said to you later on. Um, that is something I heavily live by and that helps with um, online, like with people that are sending me abuse and messages as well. And also I also think what someone else thinks of me is none of my business because it's not going to change my life. It's not going to stop me from being me. It's not going to stop me from sleeping at night. I will because I would never let it. And it's certainly not going to stop me from eating. Like if I if I was like wanting a McDonald's, but because someone's if I said I'm fat, I'm like, oh, I'm still going to McDonald's. I'm hungry. <laughs> like, I just think it, it is quite hard for a lot of people to switch off because social media is so in our face. Yeah. And I, again, the majority of times people do troll or they do like abuse people online. It's because they're behind a screen. They're behind like it's like it's almost like they have a mask on. It's not. It's not. I, I don't think it's necessarily their character themselves. They're doing it because they're in the safety of their computer and the safety of their home, so they think they can. Because if you ever met someone that trolled you online, I guarantee you, ninety-nine percent of the time, if you've seen them in real life, they wouldn't even say something to you. They wouldn't even look at you. They wouldn't say anything to your face. So that's why I always think when people do say things online, I'm all I brush it off because I'm like, well, you wouldn't say that to my face, and if I did see you in public, I would question you. And then again, if you're having that uncomfortable conversation where they'd be uncomfortable and it wouldn't be me, and then they would know they've done something wrong. Yeah. And then uh, Scott's commented, uh, what advice, if possible, would you have told yourself at 18? So I've actually seen, is this a family show or not? Uh, no, it's not. You can go all out. <laughs> I've seen... <laughs> this, is all, right, so this is not the real advice I would give. But I um, on Facebook, I think, and it was like, "What three words would you use?" And I'm like, "Suck that dick," because when I was 18, there was an encounter with this boy that I really, really fancied, and the moment was going to happen, and I didn't do it because I wasn't comfortable with my sexuality. But I know now, looking back, if I did, I would have probably been in a healthy, happy relationship for at least six years, or I could have been married by now. But any advice I'd give to my, like, proper advice now, that was just, like, what I was thinking about that time. Um, <laughs> hang on, hang on. We need to, we, I just need to do something very, very quickly. Sorry, by the this... way, for um, me advocating um, that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah! Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll always be you. Always be myself. Yeah, there you go. I just needed to do that. That was that was an opportunity that was uh, that was <laughs> going to be missed there. I had to go. I had to do that. <laughs> so, uh, Kirsty has also commented. Um, it's disgusting that there are uh, there are still people in the world that are homophobic, racist, etc. I worry for my mixed race two year old that people will judge her just because of the color of their skin. I think that's like that's. I hate that. I just hate that in general, not that comment. I hate like the fact that there is even worry. Mm. And so because, and there just really shouldn't be like, I was saying to someone the other day that I would like to live, it was a panel that I did for the Black History Month um, with MTV. I, if they asked me what my ideal world would be in 10, five years time, it would be that no one would have to, I no one would have to literally say, I am gay, I am a lesbian, I'm transgender, or no one would have to be worried about their skin colour or nothing should mean a difference. It's you go on your values, your core values, who you are as a person. That is what I would like to see. I think I like as a parent, is it Kirsty, was it? Kirsty, yeah. I think my mum, we went through all that. I mean, I can't give you the advice at the moment because obviously I don't know what she, how she dealt with it, but just be there for your children, educate them. Tell them that the world is different. The world is difficult. There are horrible people out there. And just prepare them for what is to come because I think my mum did that with me and I, that's probably what's gave me my thicker skin. And it's also gave me a zero tolerance attitude to certain things. And it just, it really did prepare me. Yeah. I think I educate... What's that, sorry? I was saying thank you to my mum if she was watching. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, I think education from a very young age is very, very important because yeah. obviously this type of behavior is learned. It's not, you don't, you're not born racist. You're not born homophobic. Yeah. You, you learn that behavior from the, the things around you. And more than likely in, in from, from 
working within the LGBTQ plus community uh, and, and more and going beyond that, um, people will always say something negative to things that they do not understand. Yeah. If something's a little bit different or someone's someone acts a little different way or they're a little bit too, they're a little bit feminine or they have a disability or whatever, people will act differently and people will, that's where this bullying starts, and I believe. To change, that mindset needs to change. Different yeah. isn't bad. Different is fucking cool. Yeah. Like, who would want to be like everyone else? I certainly don't. No, I think um, I, I remember there was many, many years where I was growing up and I was I was saying to myself, I hate who I am. I uh, was not this type of person where I'm all like, oh, my God, look at me and let's do this and let's do that. And all of this bubbling confidence. I was never like that. Um, and I was very, very reserved because I cared about what people thought. Yeah. And it was only until I let that go that I was just like, do you know what? I don't want to be like anybody else. I can either be a second-rate version of somebody else or I can be the first-rate version of me and I can be the best version of me because nobody else can do that. There's only me in the world. So I'm going to be me. Um, And I think with with going along Kirsty's comment there again, it's about the education of, of the children and bringing them up to go, to say, to know that there's, there is no difference, and there are differences within the world, but it doesn't make anybody big, uh, better or, or, or worse than other people. We're all equal at the end of the day. And I think the more children that are brought up with that mentality, the less likely bullying will happen and singling people out for being, in inverted commas, different. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. Um, is there anything that we haven't discussed that you would like the time to discuss whilst you're on the show? I have gone on so many tangents and gone off topic. I don't even know what we've talked about. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've covered everything that I, I want to speak about in like, terms of giving advice and stuff. I just like want to come back to, like, because obviously this is about coming out and stuff. Yes. I just want people to know, like, obviously, it is okay to be gay. It is okay to be a lesbian. It is okay to be queer, transgender. It is absolutely fine to not be straight. If anything, it's cooler than being straight. And I'm not just shooting my own horn and our own horn. It really is. So, like, anyone that is watching this and that might be struggling with coming to terms with their sexuality, never, ever doubt yourself. Like, never. For one second. Like, you are amazing. Brilliant. Love that advice. Um, so we're going to go over to, so I put out an, uh, a, a post out a couple of days ago asking for people to leave questions or leave messages for you. Um, and it's mainly for people, obviously, who might not be watching the show right now. They might be watching it on Catch Up later because I do catch up. Um, so we're going to go through them now so then you can answer them. And then what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll move on. So here we go. This is from Scott. Scott's actually watching now, uh, but this is for uh, Hannah, his wife. So... My wife is in work, so she will be watching later. Can you get Nathan to give her a shout-out? Her name's Hannah, and she's been watching Geordie Shaw since forever. Lol. She watched it laws during lockdown on catch-up. Hi, Hannah. Get a fucking hobby. Stop watching Geordie Shaw. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> no. Hi, Hannah. Thank you for watching. Keeps me in a job, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I hope work wasn't too stressful. But, yeah, hi. There you go. You. <laughs> uh, we've also got... Uh, hi Nathan, how did friends you had before you found fame treat you after you found fame? Did they treat you differently? Are you still friends with them? And did the fame impact your friendships in a good or bad way? And that one is from Claire. So my best friends that I'm still best, like I, have, all my friends I've been best friends with, I'm still friends with now, like since people entered my life at the age of five, we're all still very close. And our friendships have not changed at all. If anything, they've got stronger because they know, knew me before TV, they knew me after TV. And even they could say that I've not changed as well as a person. We all have the same core, like values and stuff, which that definitely keeps our friendship strong. And they also keep me grounded as well. So if I ever step out of line and I get a bit of a big head, they bring me straight back down the way. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I did notice after being on TV, and my best friends would say this as well, we used to have quite a wide circle of friends. Like, there was obviously always been my best friends, but then there'd be like a group outside of that and then another group. And as the more I was on TV and stuff like that, the smaller them circles got, or the sm- at first it started to get bigger because obviously some people were trying to be friends with me for the wrong reason. 
But then the smaller them circles got because I just, I, I maybe they just didn't want to be my friend anymore or they're seeing like I was doing stuff that they couldn't do. And it I, maybe, I don't know. But now I just have my best friends and they've never changed at all. Well, I think I think that's I think that's what happens though, doesn't it, with friends in general. I think that you, you do kind of have like you we kind of collect as many friends as we can yeah. do because we want to feel like have that pack mentality, if you will. Um and I think some of those people kind of fizzle out and you are left with the core people who, as you quite rightly said, you have the same core values. And that is what forms a friendship bond if you believe in the same things. You know, you could my be friends. Like my bestest friend Liam, like he is, like he's exactly like me. And to be fair, I think if it wasn't for him and my mum, I wouldn't have my house. I wouldn't have got my house keys today because Liam pushed me into getting that. And obviously, my mum wanted me out of this house, so I, I didn't believe. Um, that's like it pushed me and stuff. So like, if, like surrounding myself with people that are like me, but also that want you to do you do your best and they push you to be your best. That's what's yeah. helped me, I think. Definitely. Um, so we have another uh, message here. Um, who is your all-time favourite? Um, uh, I think this is from Lynn. Lynn's been watching. So who is your all-time favourite uh, from Geordie Shaw? Um, did you ever have your dog tattooed um, out over from Charlotte's Just Tattoo Show? Um, and what is your favourite pick-me-up saying? Okay, so... Oh god, I'm gonna get in trouble for that. Um, <laughs> favorite all-time Geordie Shaw person? Can I say myself? Yeah, if you want, a, if you want an easy I win, just say. Um, <laughs> do you know what I'm gonna say, Sophie? Because Sophie is actually my best friend outside the house as well, and she is, especially this year and last and two years ago when I went through my breakup, she was there for me throughout so much. Not only that, she's been the phone to me today. Like, she's always checking in. So the her, and I would have to say Bo, like, right. that I just Even when I speak about him, like, my face just lights up. He's just... I've never had a connection with a straight man like I do with him. It's just... He's just an amazing... And that is what an ally is in a person, is Bo Brennan. So him. Um, my tattoo, I haven't had it covered, but I have had it lasered because... I do not want to be walking around on my with a chest with a dog with a dummy in its mouth. I'm really <laughs> It's weird. And favorite pick me up line is it like to cheer me up? Yes, like a motivation one. Um, a motivation one. If first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try again because only you can do you. Like you said before, only you can do you, and only you can try again. So you've just got to do it. Get up. Get it done and do it. Well, um, and then we've got another one that's come through. How did your parents react to you first appearing on Geordie Shore? And how are they now about it? That's right. from Angela. Question, Angela. So my dad, <laughs> I don't think he has MTV, which, so I don't think he's seen the full extremes of Geordie Shore. I think he's seen Celebs Go Dating. Um, and you might have seen like other things that I've done, but I don't know if he's fully seen Geordie Shaw yet, which I hope he hasn't. My mom, on the other hand, is a massive Geordie Shaw fan. So she has seen every single thing that I've done. It wouldn't surprise me if she's watching this now. Um, that, my mom's, I don't think, because me and my mom are quite close, I don't think anything I've done has ever shocked her, but the only time I could never be in the same house or even have a conversation with my mom was, I think, in my first series when I got sucked off in the shag pads. Um, <laughs> I just didn't want to be in that house. I just did it. I just, it's one of them things where it's like, oh, you don't want your parents to ever see that. Like, it's out there now. It's, there's nothing <laughs> to that. it's just one of them things that I just, well, we've still never spoken about it really to this day. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, well, that uh, officially takes us to the end of the show. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for coming on. You have had wise words about the LGBTQ plus community, about coming out, um, really inspirational talking about mental health. Uh, and you've been so open and honest as well with regards to uh, Geordie Shaw and obviously answering these uh, these questions and comments and everything now as well. Uh, Scott said about your mum, 
Uh, go and get Absolutely her and have that have not. that chat Absolutely now. Not. Like, no. I will tell you a secret, actually, once, right? So, when we filmed Jordan Shaw, like, some scenes don't obviously make the cut. And there was a scene where I had to come home with my mum. And we talked about me dealing with the breakup and stuff. And I can't actually remember what my mum said, but it shocked me to my core. I'm sure she she encouraged me to go and suck some dick. Like, to get over my ex, just get out there and suck some dick. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, what just happened? And, like, the producers were in the room, and I was like, did my mum just say that? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, right, <laughs> we need to go back to the house. Like, this, is a, this has been a long day. It's okay. But, yeah. Suck <laughs> that dick. <laughs> Sorry. I have... <laughs> Suck that dick. <laughs> that that is gonna be like I'm gonna get that on spillet t-shirts and everything. <laughs> if I do, I'm sending you one like legit. Oh, I'll, I'll wear that with pride. There you go, sorted. I will get that sorted for you. Um, right, guys, feel free to keep commenting. Uh, we'll obviously go through anything that we can do if we've got time at the end. But once again. Thank you so much, Nathan, for coming on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, right. Well, at the end of every episode, Nathan, I give my guests the opportunity to give a quote. You've given loads out tonight. I absolutely love it, especially suck that dick. Um, but uh, th this particular quote should be something that you believe in strongly. It could be something that you've heard or something that you live by. Um, what is the quote that people should take away from today's episode? For me, it would be that a lion never concerns himself with the opinion of sheep. And that is there something I strongly, strongly live by in terms of stuff with on social media and stuff. Um, because people, uh, people are always the first to comment, they will, the first they'll laugh and then they will follow and they will copy. And those are the sheep. And I am a lion. I don't copy, I lead. So that's another quote. God, I'm like yeah. a walking fucking quote book, aren't I? We need to write these down. That's what we're going to do. We're going to spend like half an hour afterwards. We're going to write them all down. We're going to produce a book of Nathan Henry's quotes. I've <laughs> like, just thought of another business venture for myself. I'm just going to sit down go. and write a book of just quotes, 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 like for everything, any occasion. So, sorry. Well, you can come back on the show and you can pub like publicize that, advertise that book when it is ready to go out, because I'm oh, sure plenty of people from here would want to come on and watch it, uh, come and read it, so there you go. Um, right, guys, next week's show, uh, we have got, uh, it's going to be called Dantastic. It's a, an actual friend of mine, uh, to be fair, and he's going to be coming on the show. He uh, is in a band, he's been doing wedding singing and things like that, and he's going to be talking about the effects of COVID and obviously what's happened with his band during the COVID crisis, uh, not being able to actually perform and all of that lot. That is all going to be coming through. And uh, the week after, I can't believe it's coming around so quickly, but we have got the Halloween episode of Hush, where me and a group of people will be sat down watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the episode Hush. Nathan, please tell me you're a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You are more than welcome to come on. <laughs> we will talk about this after the show, but you are more than more than welcome to come back and talk about this because that would be absolutely epic. Um, but we will be talking about the episode Hush. Uh, if you don't know which one that is, Nathan, off the top of the head, that's the one where nobody talks. Uh, their voices have all been taken away from them on season four. Um, but yes, we will be doing a deep dive into that, talking about the characters, talking about problematic characters, talking about how boring Riley is, because let's face it, yeah, he's good looking, but he's a bit boring. We will talk about all of that lot live on the show. And for everybody that's coming along uh, to watch that, I will have a special treat for you all. Um, but there you go. So we've got that one coming up. And we have got the Halloween special on Saturday, the 31st of October, which I cannot wait for. If you have liked this show, please, 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 please like the page, subscribe to YouTube, subscribe to the Twitch channel, and don't forget to share it. But let's get this far and wide. There's been loads of motivational quotes that Nathan's going to rewatch this, and he's going to write all of those motivational quotes down, including some more, and release a book. <laughs> I have rights on that. I, I have rights. There we go. <laughs> um, so, and, and the title of the book, by the way, this is your, this is your title of the book. Like I know it's going to be Suck That Dick. <laughs> suck That Dick. That's going to be... Do you know what? That, that, dick. <laughs> that would be an amazing book title as well, to be fair. So, uh, last couple of comments that have come in through. 
Uh, we've got pl- plenty of people uh, doing like round of applauses. Superstar Nathan from Leela. Um, Scott saying it's been hilarious, which it has. I've laughed. It's been brilliant. Love it. Um, L has said, how do you keep yourself motivated? Um, it's, I think of it a morning, like say in the morning, it's a case of I always count my blessings, thank whoever for letting me have another day, and I just make sure that I seize it to the fullest of, of opportunities. But I also do live by as well, another quote as well. If Beyonce has 24 hours in a day and she can get shit done, then we can get shit done. There you go. Praise Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for coming on the show. Guys, thank you so much for watching. It has been an absolute pleasure, a privilege to have you all on. Um, and I will see you next time. But Nathan, you are more than welcome to come back to the show anytime. Anytime at all. Thank you so much. And guys, I will see you all next week. Bye for Bye, now. Guys.